0: Hey everybody, this is Brett and welcome to a very special episode of the Gilded Films podcast.
1: very special episode it is a zay choice episode where i forced them to do a theme of my choice because i was underpaid and then booted off and then welcome back as always my name is zay welcome to now my podcast (laughs) Um, it's an insurrection of sorts (laughs) Anyway, my idea for this was very special episode, we are talking about Brett's uh, issue. He's been taking caffeine pills. Oh.
2: <laughs> First of all, wait a minute. Does anybody but you and I understand where that reference is No, about? yeah. What is this Anyone reference? Everyone's seen Saved
1: by the Bell. Saved by the Bell? You didn't have to watch Saved by the Bell?
0: <laughs> Maybe when I was like seven, but... <laughs> I don't remember much.
1: Anyway. Anyway, the theme of today's episode is actually, uh, we usually keep lists of our favorite first-time watches of the year that did not come out in that year or the year prior. Um, it's just us celebrating things we discovered on our own. Um, and we each have five. And I have five. And then everyone else will say they have five. With their names. This is why you don't let me introduce.
2: (laughs) My one text to you was make it, how are you gonna make it
1: funny? Saying that Brett has a very bad addiction. Addiction is funny. You've seen Euphoria and all the Euphoria tweets. Also, I guess we're not going to be introduced, so hi. you know. I told everyone to introduce themselves in oh. a very bad way.
2: <laughs> I'm rescinding the invitation.
1: All right, that was Christian.
3: Hello.
0: And I'm Toby. That's Toby. And Brett is here as well.
1: And that's Brett. We're all here.
0: <laughs> a very special episode indeed. I will say only rule here, like Zay said, is um, no films from 2021 or, or technically 2020. Um, basically anything that we watched in 2021 aside from those. But I will say personally, I put some rules in place for myself. I'll get to those when I start my list. But if I if anybody else did that by any means, feel free to introduce that before you go. If not, just go ahead and dive in. So. We're gonna start with number five. Christian, are you ready to take us away? Yes. Okay, so my
2: number five. Whoa, here we go. It's Sleepaway Camp from 1983, directed by Robert Hiltzky. Hiltz, Hiltzik. Whatever, he's probably dead. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and if he's not well then hello happy listening we'd love you on the show anyway do i do i give a plot to this or what
1: i mean it's a minor plot probably
2: okay if you want
1: to it's up to you
2: it's about a bunch of teens causing mischief causing chaos at sleepaway camp and then murder occurs and they're trying to figure out who the hell's doing it and it's great and let me tell you what this is from 1983 it shocked me like i will say the murders and most of it's kind of corny it's like you know that low very low budget 80s movie but the finale and toby knows this and zay knows this from having seen it it'll get you um it'll really shock you and it's really great and i was actually kind of scared and leaves you with like a, what the fuck did i just watch what the fuck did i just see and there's sequels to it too which we haven't seen yet but i really want to
1: the first two sequels are pretty fun.
2: Um, okay, so yeah. I mean, base, okay, based literally based off like the last 5 minutes of this movie, I can imagine for the sequels. But Sleepaway Camp, definitely check it out. It is on Shudder, it is on Peacock. It occasionally makes around on like Amazon Prime if you have that. But definitely worth the watch. 85 minutes goes by in a breeze. So, there you go.
1: And Mr. Hiltzik is still alive. Come on our show. We love you. <laughs> this is like, I think he's only done like two movies.
2: You know what he has? Well, return to Sleepaway camp from
0: 2008. Interesting. And we may come back to this one because we will be having an episode on 1983. Um, sure. Next few months. So I'm looking for day. that too. I one was day. told December, but <laughs> yeah, things happen. Some of us had life in the way. <laughs> awesome. Toby, how about you take us away with your number five?
3: Um, my number five is Over the Garden Wall from 2014, directed by Nate Cash. It's um, a little bit of a mini series. 10 episodes. Each is about like 10, 12 minutes. It's animated. Um, it just follows two brothers, uh, Wirt and Greg, who are going through this kind of magical forest and you're, they're trying to get their way out. <clears throat> I just I, I really love the animation here and um, this it's just a really fun little um, series of shorts and there's kind of a little twist at the end and um, it's really kind of deep, deep too because of the because of the story and yeah, it's really fun. Little animated miniseries series
1: didn't mention the songs i love the songs yes of course
3: and also the voice the
2: voice cast is also pretty good yeah, it's like elijah wood and then uh who's the brother the other brother colin oh, dean yeah. as his little brother is pretty good i made toby watch this because i'd seen it years ago
1: nice recently watched it for this autumnal season <laughs> hmm, watched it Tumnal? Tumnal. Tumblr, what? Autumnal. Oh, is- gotcha. No. <laughs> okay, it took oh. me a minute
2: too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and look for the people out there. I'll, I'll also say where we can find these at. So, where can you find Over the Garden Wall?
3: It's on HBO Max. It, yeah. Yep.
2: I think it's I on Hulu think- too. I think so too. But uh, HBO is definitely on there because they own like the Cartoon Network stuff.
3: Oh, right. The first miniseries Cartoon, Cartoon Network yeah. had aired. I read.
0: Oh, that's
3: cool.
2: Also, fun fact, I don't think it's on Blu-ray, but it's like, or if it is, it's like a Region 2 situation. That's weird. Mm. That's just a me chiming in that there needs to be a Blu-ray of it.
3: But the whole thing is only like a movie length, so it's pretty easy to watch. It's like an hour 40 altogether.
2: Oh, cool. That comment was like, you, Brett, it's easy. I know.
0: To I know. <laughs> I was thinking about tallying how much of yours I have not seen. I'm, I imagine it would be quite high. So
1: I don't think you've seen any of mine, Brad.
0: I I doubt it. But let's see, Zay, why don't you go ahead and take us away with your number five?
1: Um. Well, I didn't realize we were ranking, but so I'm just throwing these out here. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to rank these things. Um. So, my first one slash fifth one is going to be a little film from 1971 called Godzilla vs. Hidora, directed by Yoshimitsu Bono. Um, I went a little insane at the beginning of 2021 and within uh, five weeks I had watched 35 Godzilla movies. This one was my favorite. Um, It's a really trippy, psychedelic like, this guy only directed the one Godzilla movie, I think. Yeah, he, no, this is the only movie he ever directed. Um, and, like, all the other ones had, like, very, like, most of the Godzilla movies were directed by the same people, and this guy just got his chance to direct the one. And it's very much its own thing. Uh, Hidora is, like, a sludge, toxic pollution monster. And it's very obvious that the film is about pollution. It's very over the head, but I think because it's so loud, it gets to also be like really weird and crazy with its visuals. Um, Lots of colors. Um, There's definitely hallucinogenics somewhere in this film. If not enjoyed by the people who watched it. Um, Let's see. Yeah. Very good. If you haven't seen any Godzilla movie, you should see the original, but then you should watch this one. um i don't think any i don't know it literally not even any of the other godzilla movies feel like this movie it's a movie all on its own and i really enjoyed it it is available on criterion hbo max and pluto tv and it's under 90 minutes don't watch english dubs though i don't so I think only Criterion would probably be your best bet. Maybe HBO. No, I watched a lot of the Godzillas on Archive. Oh. Archive had a lot of the Japanese
2: dubs. Is this one in, is this one in the, that Criterion collection? It is in the Criterion collection. collection. Is it? Oh, Was well, it in the disc collection? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, then we haven't seen
1: that one yet. Who's also, Godzilla? <laughs> also an investment I made with the last check we got from the government. Oh nice. You're welcome. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) Special guest Donald Trump. What was your favorite movies?
2: January 6th. I thought it would Um. beautiful watching
1: this.
0: (laughs) Oh (laughs) jeez. All right. Well, we're keeping our number five kind of a theme with short movies here. Mine is uh, 89 Minutes. It's one that Christian absolutely hates. Oh, God.
1: <laughs> it it be is. <laughs> I
0: thought that was called 89 Minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, this movie is called Eraserhead.
2: Oh, From, God.
0: <laughs> from David Lynch. Um, so, Christian actually watched this movie, it's from 1977. Uh, one that I watched kind of as an honorable mention for that podcast episode. We did, um, forgot to mention for my list. I'm, I'm not including movies that we discussed in depth in the podcast. So like best picture nominees, um, any of the ones that we chose, we've already had discussions about those. So I figured I would have some variation and do like honorable mentions that we talked briefly about, or just completely new stuff. Um, but this one, I was just pretty taken aback by it. Um, just the imagery and the sound. It's about this guy Harry, Henry Spencer, um, and he kind of exists in this kind of post-apocalyptic-looking industrial world, um, very dusty and rusty. Um, and he, his girlfriend, gives birth to this mutant child thing. You leave him um, alone.
1: He's beautiful. <laughs>
0: I, uh, (laughs) sure. Yeah, he's, he's, he's gorgeous. He's gorgeous. (laughs) Um, but this pretty much drives Henry even more insane than he would have been before. Um, you could hear the child's screams and, um, it's like, it's just in this unbearable sense of pain the entire time. And then he literally like peels the stuff off and you can kind of see what it looks like and what it actually is. And it's pretty terrifying. Um, some of the images in this movie show up out of nowhere and kind of just freak you out. I also watched this, I started watching this at midnight one night, um, all the lights off. And I think that really just helped set the mood for it because it is kind of a, an anxiety inducing movie in some ways. Um, Christian doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, but I, it's, When you mix the images with the sound, I mean, the sound work here is really incredible from the sounds of the industry all around him to the screaming baby to whatever the hell is going on in his head the entire movie. It's really jarring. Um, Definitely, I would say a horror film in that sense, because it's not exactly a scary film, but it's kind of just disturbing in that. You don't really know exactly what's going on. I mean, it is David Lynch, so it's very surreal. And it just kind of made me uneasy in that sense. Um, There's not much dialogue at all. There are random characters like this lady with like giant cheeks and um, man in a planet that kind of just come and go. And they're just kind of interesting. So I've only seen two David Lynch films at Mission Time. I was not a huge fan of Mulholland Drive, but I really... Really enjoyed Eraserhead when I saw it this year. And you can see it on HBO Max and the Criterion channel.
2: Or you can save yourself 80 some minutes and, you know, gouge your eyes out.
1: Or not was... listen to Christian because it's one of my favorite movies. It's... There we go. You like two versus two right here. I watched it when I was 15 and it made me sick to my stomach. What, what kind of emotions are you all having
2: <laughs> i don't i see nothing scary about it i see nothing with the movie it like the images is not powerful to me it's obnoxious oh and
1: i saw it at a movie theater uh, a couple years ago at a midnight screening and you can ri- this then you get the sound design so fucking good mm. Mm. oh midnight
2: Woo. <laughs> We, you know, when we watched it, we watched it during the day. There was a glare on the screen. I could barely see anything happening, and I was. Well, fine. that
0: makes sense. That, that
2: fine.
3: <laughs> I think you're
0: exaggerating, but
1: no, there was a glare on the screen. <laughs>
0: okay, I mean, think you need to watch it again, if you glare. can actually see it
1: but you see when you start the dvd or at least this copy of the i think it was the earliest criterion one like you pop it in and it's like you need to adjust your tv so you can properly see this movie (laughs) and it took me like 30 minutes to figure out how to start the movie (laughs) because i was like i don't know how to recalibrate my tv (laughs) love this pretentious ass
2: (laughs) hate that movie Check it, I'm it out. We, I'm glad we didn't
3: talk about it. I apologize to Toby that we had to watch it. It's <laughs> fine. I didn't hate it like you do. I mean, I,
1: <laughs> oh, so it is. Hold on. On.
3: I didn't like it that much, but I didn't hate it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. On? Yeah, okay. we can move yes, on. You can on. Go to your next one. Jeez.
3: Okay. Number four. <clears throat> what? about <laughs> me. Are I next?
0: Didn't you do your file already? Yeah. I, I go first. Oh, go ahead.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway
0: <laughs> god
2: damn it okay my number five four is the making of psycho from 1997 directed by lawrence zero I don't know um but anyway it is literally the titular idea it is the making of the movie psycho it is 94 minutes so again short for brett it goes very in-depth like super super in-depth if you didn't know anything about psycho before watching it uh this will literally tell you everything you need to know from the conception of it what inspired the original book then how hitchcock got his hands on it and everything in between including of course how the shower scene was created and you know everything else i love documentaries that are like the making of movies so this is like perfect um right up my alley of course and i think they have interviews with patricia hitchcock in this like directly and she actually they just do. passed away last year so but it's nice to hear from her because she was not just like you know she was in the movie very briefly but she got really super first-hand accounts and she is hitchcock's daughter so um but there's that it's just great fun this is if you actually own a copy of psycho which you know honestly you should at this point it's included on like every single edition of psycho that i have yep yeah so like toby has one that's a steel book it's on there i got one it's on there we got the collection set of hitchcock and it's on there so yeah definitely take a look at it
1: i've not seen it though i think i read the book that came around around the same time in high school
2: Gotcha yeah this is from 97 so I wouldn't be surprised if they also had a book with it
3: yeah it's very it's very interesting I mean it's interesting to hear like people talk about how Hitch worked on the movie and especially the screenwriter I do remember that a lot he they talked to him a lot and he talked about how he worked with Hitch because they worked it together a lot Um, and Jana is in it too so it's interesting to hear her talk about you know
0: her work too yep that's cool is it So is it on the collection that I have now? I'm, I'm
2: pretty sure it is. Okay, cool. Yeah, because that's how we watched it on that one, yeah, on the big are. set. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. That's what we're trying to do this year. It's like every, like, it's mostly Criterion movies. But if we have, like, the DVD from the library, then watch the accompanying mm. documentary. And the Hitchcock ones are really good because, you know.
1: I think it's also books. on Hitchcock. YouTube.
2: Oh, is it? Oh, Ooh, there you go. Is it,
1: like, a 90-minute yeah, yeah, I think that's the one then.
2: Boom, there you go.
1: Yep. very nice.
3: All right, Toby, you can take us
0: away with your next one.
3: My next one is my number four is a Hitchcock movie, it's Spellbound from 1945. Um, it stars Gregory Peck and Ingrid Bergman. Um, I can't go too detailed about the plot, but it is a very like, um They're trying to go into this um, man's psyche and it's a lot of like interesting scenes for the time. Um, Excellent performances. I just remember being very engrossed, like very interested by this movie. Um, Yeah, it's just a very good example of a Hitchcock movie in every way. It's a little hard to, you know, go into the plot, but. Yeah.
2: It's one that you definitely don't want to go into knowing. Yeah, lot. you really don't.
3: It's, it'll definitely kind of send you down paths. You don't, you won't be expecting. And for me, it was like, it just kept going. Even when I didn't expect it more to happen, it just kind of like threw me a little bit more. Very good. Very good.
0: Have not seen that one.
3: One of my favorite Hitchcocks, which is like, you know,
1: Gregory Peck is very hot in it.
3: Yes, very excellent. <laughs> like
1: like peak, peak Peck. <laughs> peak Peck.
2: <laughs> I know there's like this whole thing with Hitchcock's movies in the '40s, especially that they don't get a lot of. To me, they don't get a lot of out there ness because they're not like Rear Window or Vertigo or Psycho, where you always constantly see them or anything. Like this has a criterion, but it's like an out of print criterion. Mm-hmm. That and like last night we watched Notorious. Nobody ever talks about Notorious, but Notorious is pretty good too. So, yeah, nobody nobody ever talks about Spellbound, and it's Spellbound's my top three.
3: Great, it's my top three Hitchcock. Wow. Psycho, Rear Windows, Spellbound. It's like that
2: also good.
1: to throw into their Saboteur, which is one of my yeah. favorite Hitchcocks that no one's Saboteur's ever talking about. about.
3: Yeah, he has a lot of course good ones
2: and shadow of a doubt who talks about that we do (laughs) you know
0: it very nice yep zay would you like to take us into your next one
1: i would so up next we are going to go to 1997 with a film called nowhere directed by greg Araki. this movie has everything it has drugs It has a game of hide and seek. There's a lizard. There's cockroach aliens. There's so much. Uh, Threesomes, Uh, bisexual boys. It's just gloriously queer. It's gloriously fried. You are going to be fried after seeing it. Um, It's, and it's, what, how long is it? 78 minutes all of that happens in 78 minutes and it's just glorious of just like being a teenager in los angeles and having no idea what life is about and i don't know if greg or ever figured out what life was about but i like life more because i saw this movie Hmm. um it's not really available anywhere um i think it's out of print but i got it on youtube pretty easy to find on youtube um yeah the gays the gays love piracy Um, yeah I don't know there's not a lot of plot to tell it's just kind of sexy and it's kind of scummy and it's kind of it's all over the map in 78 minutes it will not let you take a breath Hmm. Um, if you've seen any other Greg Araki film you understand and if you've never seen a Greg Araki film you should good for your soul
2: and we're all staring at Brett
0: (laughs) right (laughs) Am I wrong? That's number six. Six out of six. (laughs)
2: Damn. I was going to say, who has seen The Living End raise their hand? We saw it. Raise your hand.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, (laughs) I'll go on to my number four. Uh, This is from 2003, which I imagine most would probably be surprised. I had not seen this until this year.
2: Finding Nemo? (laughs)
0: <laughs> no uh it's one that i've actually seen bits and pieces of on tv over the years um, but never watched the whole thing it is school of rock um so yeah jack black uh directed by richard linklater who is my favorite director this past year i tried to watch more of his movies i hadn't seen yet um and this was just an absolute joy from start to finish and so i mean probably don't need to give a plot i'm sure most people have seen this but you've got dewey played by jack black and he basically impersonates his friends and becomes a substitute teacher for a bunch of kids and rather than actually teaching them he like tries to form them into a rock band to enter a competition um some of the lines throughout this movie are just absolutely hilarious my favorite is when like Dewey is talking to his roommate and he's like you should sell like sell your guitar to pay rent. He's like would you tell Picasso to sell his guitars? Uh, things like that are just like hilarious. This is a movie that like very easily could have been just a typical I don't know, Nickelodeon films, you know, run of the mill movie, but it's really elevated by the characters and the performances especially from Jack Black, but all the kids are really fun here too. Um, And of course, by Linklater's scripts and his direction. Um, There are not that many performances for which it would be more the case where like an actor was just made for the role, um, born to play the role. I cannot see anybody but Jack Black doing this role. He's absolutely perfect for it. Not just because he's hilarious, but because he is obviously in a rock band, um, Tenacious D. And so he kind of brings that to the table. But it's really charming. I didn't, you know, few times I had as much fun watching a movie this year as I did with School of Rock. And so it's, it's kind of one to sit back and enjoy and um kind of have a, a sentimental, fun time with. So I don't think it's available free anywhere, at least according to the Just Watch thing. But it's available to rent for like three bucks in a lot of different places. So this is on TV, I think,
3: quite a bit,
1: right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It was always on when I was a kid, but I never watched it <clears throat> until 2020. And yeah. it was one of my favorite first watches of 2020.
0: Yes. Very it's, nice. Yes,
1: you it's know, a very good movie. Could you believe Sir Andrew Lloyd
2: Webber saw that movie and said, Hey, I'm going to make this into a musical? And sure. And enough, yes, I would absolutely. When I think of School of Rock, I think of Andrew Lloyd Webber.
1: <laughs>
2: so. All
1: right. The man's had worse ideas.
2: Uh, name one and don't say cats. <laughs>
1: um, um
2: hold on. Okay, we're moving on. <laughs> we're moving on. My turn.
3: Yep. Let's hear okay. your number three. Well, I kind
2: of question if I should talk about this one in depth because I kind of want to honorable mention it for another podcast we have coming up. So I'll briefly say what it is and give a little little spiel here, but it is a Stranger from 1946 directed by Orson Welles. And I'm just going to read the the plot off of Letterboxd. It's pretty short. A man working for the War Crimes Commission suspects that an important Nazi official has folded himself into a quaint Connecticut town. And it stars Edward G. Robinson as the War Crimes Commission, Loretta Young, and Orson Wells as the, maybe he's a Nazi, maybe he's not see nazi I don't know. I did not see that coming. Okay, that's enough of that.
1: Oh my God. Um,
2: But it is, you know what? It's only 96 minutes. There's a lot in that 96 minutes. It's It's super packed. I loved it. I honestly should have picked it for our bonus feature. I didn't because I'm hoping you watch it anyway, Brett. And I hope you watch it Tuesday, because Toby's seen it. It's it's a phenomenal, honestly. It's so good. It's There's a lot to it It's action-packed. It's suspenseful. Yeah. And um, it's
1: in the public domain. So it's literally just sitting here on Wikipedia.
2: Literally. Is it really? There you yes.
1: go.
2: So it's on, okay, so it's on Wikipedia. Listen to this, it's on Wikipedia, it's on Amazon, <laughs> it's on Canopy, it's on Paramount. It's on your grandma's garage plane right now. It's probably in the dollar DVD bin somewhere. It's it's at Hastings.
1: Hastings.
2: It's at Hastings still. It's just sitting there. <laughs> Rest in peace. You, can't, you don't know what Hastings is. It's a store. Thank you. It is. Hastings
1: it a- didn't make it to Ohio?
3: I'd never heard of it. That's so oh. sad.
2: That was a great store. It was kiss today goodbye. <laughs> hmm. Very nice. Well, yeah, Toby, I might let's... go
0: into more depth. So, perfect. Toby, let's hear your number 3.
3: My my number 3 would be Crimson Peak 2015 uh directed by Guillermo del Toro uh starring Mia, was it, Yeah, you know, uh, Wyskowski,
2: Wyskowski, yeah,
3: Jessica Chastain, who I keep forgetting is in this, and Tom Hiddleston, um, it's like Rebecca, because, um, Mia plays Edith, who marries a man, and, um, she comes and lives with him, and there's, like, she can see things in the house, like, gear, like, I understand a lot of people don't like this movie because they felt like it was going to be more of a horror movie but I feel like it's perfect for what it is it's like a perfect combination of like I said Rebecca and this like ghost story um it looks really cool the costumes the production love it all um it was another movie that just really compelled me um when I was watching it I, it kind of stuck with me through the whole year it's definitely really cool
2: it definitely on this second walkthrough on me. So I'm glad that I got to show Toby it. Because I was like, like he said, I was able to say, look, this is Rebecca. This isn't like pure horror. Don't expect things jumping out at you. It's that, what, the gothic?
3: Yeah, it's like creepy yeah. and it's a little creepy, a little, I think it's a little unconventional. But it's definitely like totally unique and only come from Guillermo's mind, I think. I don't think it would. It work. It really works. He he really works it well.
1: I saw it when it first came out in the theater. Uh, to see Tom Hiddleston's ass that big. Mm. <laughs> oh my god. god! You know, I knew you when that came out because I probably. I was thinking about I because I I was trying to remember if you what you were thinking when it first came out. I'm pretty sure I was disappointed. I think that's the general vibe I'm remembering.
2: Yeah. Because I like going into it was like, this is supposed to be scary. Well, because marketing is like, this is the next great. Oh,
1: because it like Mm -hmm. had like the three scenes of the ghosts in the trailer. And it's
2: literally the scenes. Right.
0: I'm glad I've seen one. I really like Crimson. I was going to
1: ask. (laughs) Yeah. No.
0: I also saw in theaters, I, I think the design of the ghost is really cool. Um and just the, the production design and uh, the use of crimson. Uh, I, I think it's a cool movie. The use of a peak. <How> <laughs> what about the peak?
2: I feel like that could be a meme like look at all these peaks. Look at all these crimson peaks over here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, Zay, let's hear your next one.
1: Oh, my next one. It is a film from 1967, called Soleil O. Oh, I think uh, I can't speak French. Or is it? I was an Indian. Um, Spell, uh, it. Of, Spell it. Spell it. S O L E I L O with a little hat on the O. It is a French. Oh, that it? oh okay. <laughs> it's a French and Mauritanian film um directed by med hondo i hope i spelled my pronounced. it's a lot i'm sorry for anyone i may have offended (laughs) i'm the worst anyway it is a movie about um african immigrants from mauritania going to france and basically not being welcomed and you know general white people are being fucking assholes to anyone who is not another white person. Um, But the film is very, it has many aspects to it. That is like, it goes from like very poetic dialogue to very rousing scenes of people coming together, of just very communal ideas that even though they are in a terrible situation, they have each other But they also are very interested in overcoming these oppressors. Um, It's just a very unique film. I just find every time I see like a very influential film from African cinema, they have this very specific feel to them that I can't describe. Like, it's kind of like a folk tale-y kind of vibe. I see from a lot of them. And this one has elements of that. And the poeticism is what really got to me. I just really like to hear them talk in this film. Um, it's on Criterion. And it is a recently remastered version from uh, George Lucas's film thing and Martin Scorsese's uh, world film thingy ma So it's very good, very worth it. Um, especially if you ask yourself, "What's my favorite African film?" and you cannot identify one.
2: So what you're saying is you like Martin Scorsese for all the <laughs> stuff he does with preserving film. Yes. And you like Martin Scorsese in general. Yes. I got. Oh, never mind. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what did you think you were going to get there from I, that? Uh Nothing. Moving on. <laughs> I never said. I. 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 I didn't. I've never really disliked. Like most of his films. There's just parts of his filmography where I'm like, I don't get why that's so such a big deal. Fair enough. It's mostly the Raging Bull that I'm like, eh. and After Hours. But that was on that's on record.
0: That is on record. All right. Very nice. Well, my number three um, is one that was an honorable mention for our 1997 episode. Uh, From Hayao Miyazaki, it is Princess Mononoke. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Such a great movie. Actually, not my favorite Miyazaki film that I watched this year, but um, so beautiful. I mean, Miyazaki, from what I've seen from the thing I just love is obviously the world building. um, And that's absolutely the case here. Once again, so fantastical and awe-inspiring Um, So the look of it, of course, is gorgeous. Not just in that, but in the the characters too and the costumes uh, that they're designed with. It's all really colorful and beautiful. Um, But here, the plot itself is just fascinating. Um, It follows a character named Ashitaka um, who gets this curse from a creature and tries to set out to find a cure for it. And that kind of leads him to this battle um, between the residents of Irontown Um, and kind of their industrial society and the beings of the forest that is nearby. And so it's this really interesting um, battle between like humans and nature. And it has a real theme of environmentalism throughout, but what's really cool about Ashitaka is that he doesn't just like up and join a side. He kind of tries to be the mediator between the two and try to find a sense of peace. And that was a really cool thing that I, I don't think I've seen much before in movies about war or or big battles to someone to to kind of play both sides a little bit and try to find the common ground and so these are some really interesting things both the creatures and the humans throughout the film are just fascinating characters of course um but i really loved it It, it's stunning gorgeous great plot and you can watch it on hbo max so definitely recommend checking it out
1: I pulled two movies from my favorites collection so far.
2: Oh. <laughs> well, Christian might just pull a third one.
1: Mm.
2: So what are we at? Number two? Number two. Okay, we're going to go all the way to the wilds of Italy.
1: <laughs> House of Gucci isn't allowed. <laughs> I It's chic! No! <laughs> <laughs> i had to
2: include it It's chic i had to do it for the family you're turning oh into <laughs> oh, that is a that is a screen actors guild nominated oh, performance god. oh god anyway our ice next... nominated because
1: he also got ensemble oh i thought you said ice nominated <laughs> yes for ice age five jared leto oh i wasn't
2: thinking that oh Oh my, that's a completely different podcast. <laughs> anyway, the to the wilds of Italy, <laughs> my next film is one that we've spoken in depth, so I won't talk about too much, of course, but it is 1964's Marriage, Italian style. Yes, yeah, directed by Vittorio De Sica. And it stars Sophia Loren and Marcelo Masturiani, um, husband and wife, It's basically their ups and downs of their marriage. It's great fun. Sophia is hilarious in it. I think the movie was hilarious as it was, but um, please listen to our 1964 podcast because we talked about it more in depth there. But it stuck with me this whole time, especially Sophia's performance and just how joyful it is. And I had a good time, but yeah, you can find that on Canopy too. Uh, I think there's a Blu-ray out there somewhere. That just came out but it's on canopy and if you have a library card which you should because they're free by all means watch it there
1: that's you go. a good fucking movie <clears throat> that's my italian
2: that was okay
1: <laughs> i kind of my voice kind of cracked in the middle anyway whatever it's but, cheap no <laughs> You know what? I question Has
2: Sophia Loren seen House of Gucci? Because she's a character in it. Fun That's fact. That's true.
1: She's- I didn't even see in my mind, I was like, huh, are they going for something here when I saw her? But I was like, no, probably. Because they even say Sophia. And then I'm like, mm-hmm. huh. and then I see it in the credits, I'm like, oh, they that was <laughs> Sophia Loren. <laughs> and
2: your face is saying you didn't know she was featured in it. I don't know. Like she's that. like she's not in it.
3: I know, but right? like but no a but character. It's
2: character. it's like Al Pacino or Jeremy is walking with her. And I didn't oh. know it was her until after we had left. And it was like Sophia
3: Loren, and I'm like, oh what? yeah, I remember that.
2: That's chic.
3: <laughs> it's very chic. Yes. Yes.
2: What's the line yeah. she says? We're not talking about this in our top tens at all. I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, what's, not... what's the
3: our name, sweetie. Our name, sweetie. <laughs> I'm
1: not the particularly ethical person. Blink,
3: <laughs>
0: but I
1: am fair.
2: Is <laughs> she? <It's chic. laughs> Can you keep a secret?
1: <laughs> Nobody's hey, saying.
0: What well, it turns into a house of <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So I will what? say, marriage oh. Italian style is great. House yes. of Gucci, not so much. I no. was in that episode.
2: You were in that episode
3: water helen
0: <laughs> anyway
2: our next film from toby might be controversial
0: oh let's hear it
3: it's um manhattan murder mystery directed by woody allen Ooh. Sorry. woody <laughs> allen Ooh. and diane keaton um Yay. It's, okay I, what i do i will give it the benefit that it is mostly diane keaton uh, Woody's in it. Like they're married, um, and they suspect that one of their neighbors um, has killed their his wife, and they just kind of they're um, as if it's if anybody has seen only murders in the building. I guess it's a little bit um, like that. They they're they're trying to uh, uh, be investigate bit. this man that lives next to them. It's hilarious. I. It's really funny. It's just really funny. Diane yeah. Keaton is. If you're, oh, yes.
2: if you're a fan of Annie Hall, think of it as Annie and Alvy got together and became the stereotypical Upper East Side Jewish <laughs> residents of an apartment building who wanted to solve a murder.
3: And I like it way more than Annie Hall, personally. Oh. <laughs> Christian's
1: face. Immediately.
3: <laughs> I mean, I like Annie Hall, but I don't like it as much as Christian does. But like I said, Diane Keaton is great in this. Um who else is in this? Alan Alda's in this. Mm. Angelica Houston. Mm. So
2: and it's not, just fun. I'm not gonna lie to you. I also very fucking love this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hilarious. Okay. And the perfect way to it.
1: stream this is to pirate it somewhere offline. <laughs> so Woody Allen doesn't get any fucking money.
3: There you go. I don't think it's streaming anywhere anyway, but yes, definitely pirate it. And during, whilst we were
2: talking I may or may not have looked at Amazon to see if I could Buy it. <laughs> it's like $100 For the Blu-ray. Oh,
3: oh my god Like 60 wow. bucks for the DVD
2: I hate, look I hate, and we've spoken about this With like Annie Hall, but obviously Problematic as fuck with, mm. with Woody Allen and stuff, but like God damn it, this movie is So good Like, Like when I first watched it, I laughed My ass off and I was like, you know what, let's watch this And he laughed and I laugh still. I'm like, it holds up. And then Only Murders in the Building comes out. And it's like it's it's basically this TV vised.
3: Yeah. I, I just made that connection actually when I, like right before I said that, but did you really? Yeah, I was like, wait a minute.
2: Girl. Only Murders in the Building.
3: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the same concept.
2: Also, Zach Braff is in it as Woody Allen's son.
3: Interesting.
2: Yeah. Yes.
3: All, all right. right, Joy Behar is in it.
2: They don't know who that is.
3: Well, don't you? Oh, Zay the does. Zay does.
1: Oh, I didn't even. I couldn't Did you hear.
3: say, Joy Behar? Oh yeah. I know who Joy Behar is. <laughs> I just not mentioned it because you.
2: I guess I do show them View stuff all the time. <laughs> this was is like, true.
1: How is someone your friend and not know who <laughs> all the cast members of the View are?
3: In all of their drama.
1: Then name them
2: all in order of where they sit at the table.
0: <laughs> See, funny okay. enough, I feel like the one I hear most about is Megan McCain. Okay. She's, gone I, she's gone now. She's gone now, but I still hear Whoopi, about her most.
1: Whoopi is always in the first chair. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then I, I can I don't even know. <laughs>
2: Sarah and then Joy and then Sunny and then the filler and or Anna on Fridays.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> Why don't you have a the view podcast yet? Because they've Great already name.
0: All right. Zay, let's hear your next one.
1: My next one is a film I watched and it made me rethink the idea of what makes a movie a good movie. Oh my. It's called Love on a Leash from 2011 directed by fen tian it is by who fen tian an old chinese woman who never lived to see the popularity of this film rise because <laughs> it became a cult classic a couple years what? ago <laughs> <laughs> it is.
0: Nice
1: i watched any- this the- movie and it melted my brain <laughs> But I was thoroughly enjoying myself the entire time I was watching it. It is a film about a man who turned into a dog. We don't know why he turned into a dog. He's just a dog at the beginning of a movie. But he establishes that he was once a man. And he needs to find his ex-girlfriend so they can fall back in love. But he's still a dog, so he doesn't know how to communicate this yet but they have to fall in love so he can turn back into a human. Wow. And the entire film is, his voice is overdubbed, just a dog just walking around. (laughs) And it's made with such a purity that I think I have to call it a good movie, even though it doesn't look like any other movie I've ever seen. Because clearly this woman didn't know how to film a movie, but someone gave her the job anyway. It's, I want to it, the context. it's on Tubi. Oh, it's the only place you could find. How did a movie you find like this movie,
2: first of all? Yeah.
1: It blew up on Letterboxd a couple of years ago. One of my favorite lists on Letterboxd is hold on. It's um, the most controversial films on Letterboxd. It is the number one slot. Because they rate it based on like how diverse the ratings are. And it has the most like half star and five stars.
2: <laughs> okay, send me that list. Send me it's, that list.
1: And it has an 8.6 on
2: IMDb. <laughs> and if you go... I'm looking at the Letterbox page right now. The spread is wild. It's like 1,300 half star ratings 2005 star ratings and basically nothing in between.
0: <laughs> What's the title again? <laughs> Love, Love on a, on a leash.
1: leash. Love on a Leash. Okay. It is, and it's only 85 minutes. I think all of my movies have been under 100 minutes. It's just wonderful. You'll never see another movie like it, I promise. If you're a fan of trash films like The Room, Troll oh, 2, all of that. This one's directed by a woman, so it's not misogynistic. But it also kind of is.
0: I'm loving this IMDb page. Tagline, love at first bark. It's
2: on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. It's on YouTube.
3: You're definitely watching this sometime. Wow. I'm already getting room.
1: Because hey, I, Fascinated. I think- because i think it's like the popularity of this has died down because one guy made a youtube video about it so i am trying to resurrect the hype again because i have
2: to i have to ask is there any nudity or sex in this movie
1: <laughs> the dog is naked the whole time oh um, my i don't think there's sex maybe no i think it's supposed to be a family film I <laughs> Honestly watching it the whole time I don't it it has like a fairy tale vibe.
2: How did All you right. how did you have like the best pick here though? I know. <laughs> like look how interested we're invested in this. Toby's on Toby's on a Reddit page right now
1: <laughs> that they're discussing this movie. I love it. So yeah, the, okay, uh, to the point where I'm like, I'm still thinking about this movie. I saw this back in when did I see this? I saw this in June. I'm still thinking about it. I can't say it's a, I can't, I can't not put it on a list of the favorite things I've seen.
2: <laughs> wow. Okay, we're watching this. Very nice. <laughs> yes, I'm very uh,
1: Tubi TV. Or <laughs> YouTube. Or YouTube, I guess.
0: Well, my number two is definitely not that exciting. Oh, cool. um, <laughs> in fact, this one might be the, the one that only I'm a big fan of, um, but it's one that comes from 2002, um, one that we did not discuss on the podcast, of course, and that is Road to Perdition from Sam Mendes. Um, this is one that I just checked out because obviously the cast includes Tom Hanks, Paul Newman, um, and, you know, Jennifer Jason Lee. And so it's a pretty good cast, um, and I was just kind of interested in checking it out because it also won best cinematography. What I will say is that cinematography win for Conrad Hall, um, is very well deserved. Um, he died shortly after this movie came out. And so there's a posthumous win, um, the film just looks fantastic. There are shots in the rain that just like are perfect. It's kind of picturesque in a, in a dark way, um, and kind of noirish because this is a gangster film. Um, but Tom Hanks plays the lead role. He is a gangster and his son basically witnesses him uh, doing a hit. And so uh, out on somebody. And so he kind of has to manage with his 12 year old son, knowing what he does, which becomes much more complicated of course, when his wife and youngest son are murdered. Um, And so it's a tale of revenge as he goes out to kind of avenge them, but also a really interesting reflection on fatherhood Um, because the film does not try whatsoever to make excuses for the lead character and what he does both as a father and as a person. But at the same time, it's strangely sentimental um, in the way that we're kind of seeing this through the child's eyes and really discovering who his father is and what his relationship is to him. Um, Tyler Hecklin plays the son in this movie. Um, he was in everybody wants them. And I think he plays Superman on TV now. Um, so he joins a cast that includes among others. I've mentioned Daniel Craig.
3: That's
0: yes, that's him.
2: Oh, I didn't even think about. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Daniel Craig pre bonds. Um, he's like really sinister here. So it's kind of a cool role for him. Um, but I just really enjoyed it. It's a very different gangster film. It, it's kind of. Um, it's not fast paced or anything like that, but it is to me kind of exciting and how it explores that relationship while also having some of that gangster feel. So Road to Perdition is my number two. It is on uh, Paramount Plus and it's also on IMDb TV if you don't have a subscription to that. So
1: well, there you go, Brett. That's one I haven't seen. There Whoa. we go don't i think it's unfair for you to include it because that movie got you a runaway tweet it did
0: i i just tweeted something like road to perdition was much better than i expected and i got like i don't know 100 likes or something on it. i was like okay road to perdition (laughs) hive rise up i guess or something but
2: fancy (laughs) i'm still you know what fun okay off-topic here. I am still getting likes on a letterbox review. It's not the life one, although I do get those from time to time. (laughs) It is one of a short film called E. Just the letter E. And I put is the E gold and white or black and blue during, you know, that stupidity. And I I get likes every other day on this damn review. It won't go away. It won't go away.
1: People aren't (laughs) fighting you on this review? No, it's no Grinch. To this day, I... (laughs) Regret this review. <laughs> and of course, with you
2: though, you know it's coming in November, December every year.
1: I get I get random like comments and likes every now and again during the year though. That's nice. <laughs> Nobody comments on your stuff. Eat our warning! You don't want a popular letterbox review. Beware! Yeah, I'm with
0: you, Toby. <laughs> I'm good. All right. Well, we're going to do things a little bit different before we go into our number one picks. We're each going to go around and give our honorable mentions. Um, so those that didn't quite make this list, um, but still worthy of bringing up. And so Christian, do you want to take us away on these? You may say all of them, however many you prefer. I'm I'm going to do like five. So,
2: Oh, okay. I have five too. So, um, three women, which we talked about Robert Altman's film, um, the animatrix, which are like the animated prequel to The Matrix. Um, Oh, and Three Women. uh, Let me see where you can find it. I got my little thing here. Uh, Three Women, uh, you can't find it anywhere. Well, shit. Uh, Rent the DVD. It's very good. But listen to our podcast here. Animatrix, you can find on HBO. If you are The Matrix fans, it's really good supplementary material because you get to see how everything really started, which I was very surprised about. Um, Play Misty for me, Clint Eastwood's like first directorial debut can be found on Stars, but we watched it because when Jessica Walter had passed away last year, I'd wanted to see it. And honest to God, like great movie. She does a fucking fantastic job in it. Um, yeah, great. And Jessica Walter's, you know, she's great as it is. Um, another one is Freedom Riders, which Toby introduced to me. And I really took to heart, really loved it. It's one of those It is one of those white savior type movies, but it's one where you like the white person, so (laughs) she's a likable figure, and that can be found on Paramount Plus if you have that, and one that we talked about on our 97 episode, The Full Monty. Mm. Really enjoyed that one as well. Very funny, and that, unfortunately, is nowhere to stream, but you can rent it, I'm assuming on Amazon.
0: Perfect.
3: Toby, let's hear yours. Okay. First, I want to mention Ghost Story 1981. Um, it was a really good twist, just really cool. Uh, the Fuller Brush Girl, which stars Lucille Ball. We kind of watched a lot of Lucy movies last year. Um, she's hilarious, of course, in it. Um, Night, the Naked Kiss, which I, we talked about um, a little bit in the 1964 podcast. Um, Constance Towers, wonderful movie.
2: That's a good that's actually a good underrated nobody's ever heard of a movie.
3: Yes. Yeah. Very good. Um, I have Greenland, which was is that from this year or last year? It's from last year. Greenland. Oh
2: no, it's from 2020. Oh. Yeah. No, it's from 2020. Yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah. So Greenland, it's just a um, world world is gonna end kind of movie. Um another movie from 2020, his house. Um, really enjoyed that one. And my last one I'm gonna mention is. Best little whorehouse in Texas. Dolly Parton. Um, really fun time.
2: It's just a little bit pissing country place.
3: That's all we can sing legally. <laughs> <laughs> and play Missy for me, of course. Um, just really great. Throw that in there because you mentioned it, but
0: thank you. Very nice. Zay, what do you have?
1: I have an Egyptian film called The Night of of Counting the Years. Um, It comes and goes on Criterion. That's where I watched it. I don't think it's available anywhere right now. Um, When the Cat Comes, which is a Czech film. Czech? Yes. Um, It's on YouTube. It's just a crazy film about a cat. It's just... Just go watch it. Don't, don't find out anything. It's good. Indiscreet um, with Cary Grant and Ingrid Bergman, which is really sexy. Um, Canopy and Pluto TV. Um, a Japanese horror film called Pulse. Uh, really loved it very, it's not, it's more of an artsy fartsy kind of horror movie, but I really loved it. It's on Voodoo Canopy Hoopla. Hoopla is another service that a lot of libraries use. Um, how many was that? Was that three? Four. That was four. And my last pick is gonna be... I didn't have this fully fleshed out. Vicarious uh, <laughs> people. City Girl, which we covered Ooh. on the podcast. Yes. I really love city
0: girl. All right. I'm actually looking up where you can find mine. Cause I wasn't sure, but um, my honorable mentions are just those that would have been my top five. If I was um, including movies that we discussed in depth on the podcast. Um, so number five, I have one that um, we discussed and Zay was with us all quiet on the Western front, best picture winner. Very good. Next, I have one that was on Christian's list, which was marriage Italian style. Um, Also very good. That one, it looked like was on Canopy. Um, All quite a Western Front. I think you'd have to rent. Um, Next one, I have another best picture winner that we watched just before the year finished. That was the best years of our lives. So, so good. Um, Looked like it was on Amazon Prime, I believe, for streaming. Um, Next, I have... Another Miyazaki film, Spirited Away. Absolutely fantastic. One of the, honestly, one of the greatest animated movies I've ever seen, I think. It's on HBO Max. And last but not least, I have one that we recently saw, Boogie Nights. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, definitely my favorite PTA film that I have time to think on it. I think I saw it's on Tubi, um, but also available for rent elsewhere. So, All right. We have approached the time for our number one new discovery, new watch for 2021. So Christian, why don't you take us away on that?
2: All right. My number one is one that I watched, and it's from 1977. It is David Lynch's Eraserhead. head.
1: Surprise!
2: <laughs> No, so my number one, I don't think we talked about this one, but I think it was like a brief mention, but it's from 1938 and it is Blockheads.
0: Mm. Yeah,
2: with Laurel and Hardy. Um, This one stayed with me since we first watched it. It is hilarious. Um, A lot of the gags are physical comedy and I love that. I, I find that in older, older films like this, where people are getting hurt, I find that a lot more funny than anything. And Laurel and Hardy get hurt a lot in this. Um, but yeah, it's I, it, you could probably find this out there, but I don't see anywhere where it's streaming. I'm not sure if you can even buy this. It just happened to be on TCM and I recorded it, but it is hilarious. If you ever get a chance to see it, it's called Blockheads. Laurel and Hardy should be watched by children because it's, I mean... I, I seriously, I, kids will love it. It's funny. Families will love it. It's a good family movie. It's not dirty. There's, it's not porn. You know, <laughs> it's it's just two guys in an apartment building, and shit happens, and a lot of other stuff happens in their lives, and it's fun. Oh, and Brett watched it. I didn't even know that.
0: <laughs> it was actually one that I considered for this list. So, oh. um, yeah, yeah, it's really funny. Very nice. Toby, what do you got? Oh, my f-
3: top new watch of the year was from 1977, A Special Day, starring Sophia Loren and Marcello Mastroianni, right? Mastroianni. Mastroianni. Yeah. Um what I I don't know. This was like so obviously it's like um <clears throat> these two people their families are off watching Hitler and Mussolini. Um, they have this special day together, um, which is the title, of course. But the dynamic that's between the two is like, I was kind of like really impressed by it. Like Just the whole movie, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like some of the best on, on-screen chemistry that I've ever seen. It was just like this; these two people, who need each other for different reasons. And it just, the more you learn about them, the more I was like compelled by it. It it really was surprising that I liked it so much, I think. And I think you think so too, right?
2: Uh, Yeah, well, because I, like what, a three and a half? I'm looking, I see Brett's at a three, Zay's at a three and a half. I'm probably at a three, Toby's at a five. (laughs) Like he didn't talk most of the time we're watching it. I didn't think that he was caring that much. And then Boone was like, I liked it. Five stars. I'm like, what are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah.
2: The plot twist of the year.
0: Definitely. No, I do remember. Um, Cause we had a discussion about that on the podcast and. Oh, yeah. That's right. yeah, Christian and I were pretty mild on it. I think Anthony liked it quite a bit. Um, but I remember Christian texting me afterwards and just being like, go look at Toby's letterbox. And I look at a special day, five stars. And I was like, Oh wow um so yeah no it, it's a really interesting movie even though like I wasn't high on it I definitely couldn't dislike it because it has a lot of interesting ideas to it so yes I have to yeah obviously I just agree.
1: loving all the Sophia Loren love this is all we deserve this yes. is what she deserves
2: definitely we love her protect her
1: at all costs I will take a bullet for her is that I'm a also, challenge? <laughs> I'm also thankful that I was... Once Toby said 1977, I thought he was just going to repeat the eraser head joke and I was gonna <laughs> <long off>. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All
0: right. Zay, let's hear your top pick.
1: My top pick, it is a film from 2003 directed by Tsai Min Liang called Goodbye Dragon Inn. This is a film I got to see at a new movie theater that opened up around here, around August-ish time, I think. And I was absolutely mesmerized by this movie. A movie where it's very slow. very it's You're just going to be enveloped by the film. And it was the perfect setting, it's the perfect movie to see in a movie theater. Um... It's basically about this movie. It's about a movie theater. And it's like this movie theater's like last days. Like, time doesn't really exist in this movie. You're not really sure when things start, when they end. It's very cerebral, like that. You're not sure who's alive. You're not sure if these are ghosts you're seeing. You're not. There's places like they'll go and you're like, is this still part of the movie theater? And there's like. Gay sex, which is, it's just, and it just gets a little sensual, and you're just like, and it's like very smoky. And my favorite part of this whole movie that just felt so like everything came to a circle was sitting in a movie theater, and you can see the chairs around you, and then you're just looking at the screen, looking at an empty movie theater. Like, just looked like a mirror image almost. And it just felt so surreal of just like, now I feel like I'm the movie being watched by these people in this movie theater. And that's how quiet and serene, like it went on for a good couple minutes. I was like, this is it. This is filmmaking. This is cinema, poetic cinema. Ooh, what a picture. And yeah, and then I I I that was my first Meen Leeane film, and then I've like went on to watch three others. He had a movie last year called Days that's even slower, um, but more horny, and I really liked it. But that's probably got on a future podcast to talk about.
2: No spoilers. Is this anywhere to find? Because on Amazon, it looks like there was a DVD.
1: Um, it don't think so. Hold on, hold on. What is this subscription? I've never seen this. <laughs> uh, oh. Metrograph. Huh. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, they just recently did a remastering of it. So I'm sure some Blu-ray or DVD will come eventually. If you can find it, let me know. Yeah,
0: that just hearing you describe it and like reading about it here, it sounds amazing. I love this bit of trivia. The movie's own director voted for it as one of the 10 greatest films of all time in the 2012 Sight and Sound Directors poll. Love
2: that. It's amazing. Was it Paul Schrader?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, he's the only person that put. 10 of his movies. In that
0: ten. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs>
2: Did you see his like, last thing where he's like, uh, what is Maggie Gyllenhaal who bested me for best
1: screenplay? Oh my oh God. God. Oh,
0: geez.
1: You know, everyone's favorite movie, the card counter that everyone <laughs> watched.
0: All right. Well, my number one is actually one that I watched way back in January. So, almost exactly a year ago and it's lasted the entire year as my favorite new watch. Um, it is from 2016. It is Oscar Farhadi's the salesman. And so it, I obviously, you all know, I love Farhadi, um, seen five or six of his movies. And I think all of them I've seen are, are pretty much brilliant. Um, I feel like they always get compared to a separation, which is not fair because a separation is kind of like on another level. So this obviously isn't that great, but I still find it really fantastic. Um, It's basically the story of a couple um, living in Iran who basically have a a conflict because, um, because let me see if I can get her name. Uh, The character Rana played by, Tirane Aladusti, um, who is fantastic in the movie. She is assaulted in their home, um, while the man is away. And so it kind of, it's obviously very traumatic. Um, we don't see it happen, but we see the results of that happening, um, on the both of them. Um, and they both have very different methods for how they approach this. The man really wants to find a perpetrator and, um, like bring him to justice in whatever way that means for him. And the wife kind of just wants to put it behind her. And so a lot of tension between the two. And it leads to some really fantastic buildup between both of them, but also other characters throughout. Um, But if you've seen a Farhadi film, you know, this has got his typical mode of just like taking Situations that unfortunately seem like they're everyday things, but just making them so extraordinary in the way he tells the stories and the way he develops the characters. Uh, it's just, it's fantastically written. Um, well shot. The performances are outstanding. Um, Shahab Husseini plays the husband um, and he is, I mean, the two as co-leads are just terrific. Um, one couldn't do it without the other. And so it gets its title because This all happens while they're both participating in a production of Death of a Salesman. Um, And so it's also interesting to kind of see the reflections on that and the parallels between that and the film as it goes on. But yeah, like I said, I saw it about a year ago and it stuck with me as most of his films do. And I think it's terrific. So The Salesman, that's my number one. And did not... See where you can find it? I want to say I had to rent it from somewhere.
2: I thought it was on Amazon because I thought uh, it was oh, Amazon. Oh yes it is.
0: Yeah. It's it's Amazon Prime Video. So yeah, you can stream it there.
1: What a good filmmaker. Rewatched A Hero this week. Got to see it at the theater. Mm. No one else was in there. But what a picture.
0: Yes, yes indeed.
1: I enjoyed A
2: Hero myself. <laughs>
3: That's nice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. A hero. I I recommend a hero. If you can see it in a theater, go for it. It should be on Prime here pretty soon, I believe, like next week or something, if not. So
2: didn't we see we saw about we saw about Ellie in that one class, right? Yeah. Yeah,
0: another good one.
2: And then you and I went to go see
0: everybody knows.
1: Yeah. An okay movie.
0: Yeah, that's the one of his that I'm not, I don't think is great. I think it's fine. Um, but yeah.
1: Still very watchable.
0: Yes. All right. Well, that is our top 10 new watches, at least for us, of 2021. Um, any final thoughts on any of those? It
2: was
1: a good year. <laughs> Another <laughs> it's, good year. Did some good digging. Found found some good ones. Very nice. What's our next
0: episode about, sir? Yeah. So now that we've done this, of course, we have to do um, our yearly tradition of doing our top 10 of this year. So top 10 2021 films. And so all four of us plan to be back for that. So be on the lookout um, and that will come soonish. It should be within a couple of weeks or so, but
2: a little twist with a little twist that we don't want to
0: talk about right now. All right. But. As always, thanks for listening. Uh, Rate, review, subscribe, wherever you listen. Um, And be sure to follow us on all the social media out there. Thanks to Joshua Arnoldi for doing our theme music. And be sure to tune in next time. See you.
1: Bye.